Welcome to Ginspired, brought to you by theginshop.ca. This podcast will take you on a journey into the world of gin, where you'll experience this versatile spirit in ways you never thought possible. Now the host of Ginspired, Heather E. Wilson. Hello and welcome to Ginspired, where we talk about and celebrate everything about the wonderful juniper lace spirit called Gin, and I'm your host, Heather E. Wilson. On today's episode, I welcome Jennifer Kerr, a marketing consultant by day, a foodie 24-7, and a gin fanatic at night. Jennifer, also known as Ginny, is the host of It's Gin O'Clock, a Facebook group with over 8,000 members. And today, we chat about her gin-inspired journey, her favorite gin picks and cocktails, what it takes to host such a large Facebook group, and of course... We share cocktails, and there's a Jensen in story or two. Welcome, Jennifer, or should I say Ginny? Oh, call me Ginny. I love that. <laughs> okay. Absolutely. Hi, I'm glad to meet you. Yes. It's nice to meet you too. Okay. So first, as with all episodes, we're going to start by sharing what we're drinking today. So Ginny, you get to go first. What are you drinking today? To be very honest, I love Negronis and currently I'm experimenting with Negronis and also try to yeah, make a Negroni with uh, zero alcohol. So I'm trying one of these today, but let's see if I switch to the classic one later on because I'm not happy yet. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Okay, cool. So I'm having a twist on a Negroni, I guess, and I'm having a pink Negroni. Which is gin, of course, for me. Um, (laughs) It can be made with pink gin, too, for people who like pink gin. Campari and Lilit Blanc. Oh, nice. A little twist of Yeah, like instead of orange, it's a little bit of lemon in it. So really lovely. And if you've never had one, you should try it. Sounds good. Yeah, it's very good. Very good. Okay, so... I know that you are a kindred spirit to me (laughs) when it comes to gin, because we've been chatting offline quite a bit, but let's chat about you and share with our listeners, you know, your kind of story. Did you always love gin? Did you grow up with it? You know, when did you start drinking gin? I used to have gin and tonics when I was like a young adult, of course, Mm -hmm. but I always just knew the classic gin and tonics you would get in clubs and bars and eye-opening experience. When I was having the tests for my first wedding reception Mm -hmm. and the bartender was like proposing different cocktails to us and he was proposing a gin and tonic with gin mare and he Mm -hmm. added some thyme and some rosemary in it and it was a complete eye opener because it was not that classic. I don't want to say Gordon's is bad, but Gordon's is classic. It's not (laughs) like something, you know, like you Mm. wouldn't dance when you get a gin tonic with uh, Gordon's. But when I got that, gin tonic with gin mare and with two twigs in it mm-hmm. and aromas in a big copper also the presentation was completely different in a big copper with a lot of yes. ice and I was just totally amazed and that changed my world to be honest from that point on mm-hmm. I started collecting gins whenever we were traveling and I love travels mm-hmm. we were like experiencing all these different tastes in gins and so when I started collecting and I had like over 40 gins at home people were starting to also ask me and what kind of gin do you recommend and what kind of gin is the difference and that actually kicked it off wow yes very similar to me too because I probably have easily close to 40 gins right now at home 
And I live on an island, so it's really hard for me. You have much better access to gin than I do. But yeah, like people ask like, hey, what do you recommend? And how do you do this? And how do you do that? And that's ultimately how the podcast started too. So Mm, amazing. Yeah, so that's cool. Okay, so how do you incorporate your love of gin in your life now? Like I know you do a lot of cool things. So what else are you doing? Well, I think it's the same for you, right? If you have yeah. friends over, the first thing they say is, can we have please a gin tonic? And can yeah. we try something new? That's always the same. So normally I have a lot of friends over. I love to host parties. I love to have dinner parties over here. And I love, especially now that you have these different seasons and now it's almost Christmas. So you have like this spiced gins rather, or maybe mm. also like mold gin. I love to have gin in hot apple juice, mm. for instance. Also really nice is pear juice and to have gin and pear juice warm. I love it. It's really awesome. And to have like all these different tastes of gin. And Do you add like any spices or any... I would try to heaten up the pear juice, not at a boiling point because Mm -hmm. that really breaks it, but to have it really hot. And then I put in one cinnamon bark Mm -hmm. and sometimes a little bit of clover and some juniper as well, but only one or two berries. Otherwise it's too intense. Right. And don't put in sugar because it gets really sweet. Sometimes I have to even add some water and maybe a slice of orange. And that just to have like a basis. And if you take that outside with your friends and just Mm. add it with a pinch or with a pony with gin, that's perfect. Mm. It's really nice. Wow. That sounds delicious. Yeah. Add that one to my roster of. Oh, there's also a very nice one if you try it with red grape juice and you make an Espuma. You know Espuma? You know that what you get in that Michelin star restaurant foamy foamy stuff? Mm -hmm. You can make that where you can prepare whipped cream. And you just simply add some spices that you would normally use for Christmas, like clover and all that stuff. Mm -hmm. And you would make a little whipped cream on top. That's awesome. Wow. That sounds fantastic. (laughs) Okay. I know that we can talk about cocktails nonstop. (laughs) And we will. We'll probably come back to that. But okay. So let's just talk first about you know, your Facebook group. So you started your Facebook group or how did that work? Take no, funny story. Yeah, funny story. I was just starting with my gin addiction mm. and I was following It's Gin O'Clock. It's Gin O'Clock was a very, very small Facebook group back then. Mm-hmm. I think it was like 400, 700 followers back then. Right. And he was having really cool photos and he was presenting it, but it was more about cool photos of gin. Right. And at a certain point, he was posting, is anyone interested taking over this gin blog due to, I don't know what reasons, he was not able to continue that blog. Right. And back in the days, I already had divorced my first husband. My new now husband was on the platform and he knew my love for gin. And he was yeah. like, why not combine your love for gin and your hobby and right. do something about it? Because you know so much. People ask you all the time, go for it. Why not? Right. So for a very little amount of money, I actually took it over. And it was more or less for me because I'm also a marketeer. It was for me more or less like learning on the job. And what I normally would ask a agency to do for me, for my products and for my job, I could now learn myself on the side as a hobby with my blog and experience myself how difficult it actually was to do social media, to interact, to find out when people interact, when they don't, at what times, etc. So it was more or less for me also very interesting to see on the job what I was asking agency in my professional life. Wow, that's awesome. And you grew it to over 8,000 right now. So you obviously 
figured out something to get it that big. <laughs> Absolutely. I think if you do something with passion, you would always be successful. But for me, it was always important to really stick to gin and to only have gin on there. So I think that's why it's still a microblog. Let's be honest, mm -hmm. 8,000. And if you combine Instagram and Facebook, it's roughly nine. It's not a big amount, but these are pure gintastics. These are pure yeah. gin fans. And I think that makes it very special. And that's also the reason why a lot of gin owners come to me and ask me if I actually want to present their gin. And I have a pretty good network by now in Germany. I know a lot of them by person. I can tell you about that later too. It's more like a community and it's really nice because everyone would help each other. And that's very different to a lot of other areas and a lot of other blogs. It's a real community, at least in Germany it is. Oh, it absolutely is. And I think the gin community in general is like that. I experience that all the time too. As soon as, you know, I mention that I have a podcast or I have a gin cookbook or, you know, anything to do with gin is the gin lovers. They just like perk up. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> fun group. I have to say, you know, gin lovers are pretty fun. Okay. So let's talk about gin then. And you mentioned that you were experimenting with low alcoholic gin. But before yes. we get to the low alcoholic gin, let's talk about the alcoholic gin. <laughs> the real deal. <laughs> the real deal. So what are your current, let's say, three top favorites? Because I know it changes over time. Exactly. You probably know it. Yeah. And have the same experience. There is no such thing as the favorite gin. Exactly. I love gin, full stop. Yeah. But if I get asked, it's normally, I'm also an aesthetic person. I love beautiful things. So mm -hmm. normally my top list would be Brooklyn gin. I love Brooklyn gin because the bottle is amazingly beautiful. And you even have like, how do you call the thing that's on the top that closes the bottle? The cork? Yeah. In, at the Brooklyn gin, you have a very heavy cap yes. and it has the logo in it. And if you just lay it on an ice cube, it would melt into the ice cube. So you have the logo of Brooklyn gin in your ice cube, which looks beautiful. So I, I love that. It's amazing. You have to try that. Okay. I'm not sure if it's made of copper, but it actually has the function of copper if you touch this ice. Mm -hmm. So it's beautiful. And it has a very lemony taste to it. Mm. I also love Three Wishes. Three Wishes is a German gin okay. made by one of the most famous bartenders here in Cologne, Seibert. He actually makes it in a cold drip and he has like three chambers of cold drip and that would then give the Three Wishes gin and he would always have like a Campari dried orange slice in it, Ooh. which gives it like a, also a touch of Negroni in there. Right. I love it. Really very nice. Yeah. yeah. Okay. What's your third? My third. Now it gets really difficult because yes. I love the MGC. You most likely know that one from Melbourne. Mm. That's a very nice one. I also love the West Winds, which is very classic. But there is also a Californian gin. It's called the Astral Pacific Gin. Oh. And it's based on orange alcohol. So it doesn't have the classic potato or grain basic right. alcohol, but it has a basic alcohol one out of oranges. Wow. Beautiful taste to it. That's really lovely. It's from Los Angeles. I'll have to check that one out too. That's nice. And there's another one that I really love currently is the Quarantini gin. 
It was invented during the pandemic from German guys that made a very classic gin, but it has a very nice zesty note to it. Mm. And I think like two or three euros of every sold bottle go to the bartenders in Germany to keep them supported also after the pandemic. It's wow. a very nice gin. Wow. I love it when the distilleries give back. I yeah. find that there's so many of the really small craft distilleries that probably can't actually afford it. They're the yeah. biggest givers. Even then, yeah, true. You know, yeah. Okay, so let's talk about the low or no alcoholic gin. I personally have to say I have not found one that mm-hmm. I would drink more than once. <laughs> <laughs> but I am on the lookout. Now, you have access to a lot more of that than I do. So maybe, you know, have you found the low alcoholic gin that actually tastes good in something? <laughs> Hmm. Yeah, I'm still experimenting. I actually forgot that just earlier. One of my favorite gins is also Siegfried Gin, which is a German gin. It's made with lime tree blossom. It's based on the legend of Siegfried from the Nibelungen saga. Mm -hmm. And they actually brought out the first alcohol-free German gin, which was Wonderleaf. Wonderleaf is interesting, but it has a very strong clover taste to it. And that's not everybody's taste, but it's actually good. But currently my favorite alcohol-free gin, if I have to drink it, because I'm absolutely with you, it's not the preferred version, Mm. is either from Gin de Cologne Zero, it's rosé, it's a very fruity one, it's very nice, it's a cologne gin, Okay, that's actually okay, and sometimes I also would prefer the seed lip, the orange on it, which is also fine, I think it works. But it is, to be fair, if you drink an alcohol-free gin and tonic, it is never going to be a gin tonic. It tastes like a good lemonade and it has a twist to it, but I haven't found the perfect one yet. But what I think is really interesting, Siegfried just brought out a gin. Well, you're not allowed to say gin anymore because it has 20% less alcohol. Right. But still, it has 20% less alcohol. It's called Siegfried Easy, and they have it in classic. They call it Siegfried Easy Dry, so therefore you actually know what it should be. Right. Because they're not allowed to call it gin, obviously. Right. And they also have it in a rosé version with a berry taste to it. And due to the fact that it still has alcohol, it tastes very close to a classic gin tonic, but still you have only 20% of alcohol. So you can drink the double amount and you can still drive. It's at least a very good attempt to drink less, but to still have that because I think it's very delicate and very difficult to imitate alcohol taste. Yeah, I think it is. Now, yeah, like a 20%, I can see being good. The zero or 0.5. Yeah. Now they always seem to have this weird like aftertaste or something like I might as well just drink the tonic by itself. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. There's no perfect choice yet, but I think it's very important because due to the pandemic, I've got friends that are pregnant or that have alcohol problems. You still don't want to sit there and just drink your water. It's a big market. And I think it's going to be a big point in the future. And I think it's really important to test everything that's on the market. Well, obviously I really like to test, but (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, it's worth a while to also give them a chance and to see who is going to be the one who is going to crack the code. Yes. And when they do. Oh, yeah. It's going to be mind blowing. Yes. Because to be fair, if you want to do a calorie low version and you also take a zero tonic, for me, that's a no, no. Yeah, Because you have that zero tonic, whatever you take, I think there's no one on the market that tastes really nice because you always also have this very strange 
no sugar taste, yeah, yeah. tam taste. Then yeah, you have that alcohol-free gin that doesn't work at all. No, oh, that's just disaster. Yeah, yeah. The lowest calorie tonic that I have is Fever Tree, True, and it's natural one, thirty calories, and they have no artificial sweeteners or anything mm. in it. So. Yeah. I'm pretty happy with 30 calories. Yeah, that's true. That's the closest you can get and it still tastes absolutely with you. And yeah. it's called the natural, right? The fever yeah. tree natural. Yeah. Right? yeah. Awesome. Okay. So then let's talk about Negronis because I love Negronis too. And it seems to be coming back in favor. I mean, Negronis have been around forever, right? But mm. it used to be you'd never even see them on a bar menu, mm. at least here. But they're definitely coming back. And I love the classic, absolutely, for sure, my favorite. But I like the different variations that people are coming up with, too. That's kind of cool. So do you ever drink variation or is it always your classic? Hmm. I try variations in bars. I love to do that, especially if they have like barrel aged versions, etc. I had a lovely one at Lake Garda just recently where they also had like some smoke on top. They made some smoke like it yeah. really was very smoky. That was amazing. But at home, I rather try to experiment with all the different gin tastes because there is, even if you think it doesn't make a big difference, oh. every gin makes a huge difference. Even if you stay with a classic Campari, which I definitely do, mm-hmm. you can also switch with the vermouth. Is it a sweet vermouth? Is it a white one? Is it a red one? That makes a total difference. And also with the gins, for instance, I really love the Brockman gin. Mm-hmm. With a Negroni, because it has a berry taste to it, which makes it a little smoother. If you take like a very classic gin, like a very herbal gin, it makes it even more bitter. I rather want to tend to go with the lemony or with the berry gins. To yes. have it a little, yeah, more Absolutely. delicate. Yes, I'm definitely more on the citrus side. Yeah. For sure. And you're right. Like we just had a spirits festival here where I live. So you got to try all these different gins, other stuff too, but we were there for the gin, of course. And so (laughs) we picked up, you know, a whole bunch of gins that we had never tried before, because that's the only way I actually get access to new gins. And it was amazing, like making a Negroni. Now, not all in the same day, but (laughs) I'm just putting that out there. (laughs) Different days, but trying each new gin with the exact same cocktail in theory, right? The mm-hmm. same Campari, the same yes, exactly. vermouth, and how it fairly strongly changed the taste. And mm-hmm. some were absolutely mind-blowingly <laughs> amazing. Some were good, okay, but not every gin is made for every cocktail. Not at all. And also, isn't it extremely important how much ice you put in there? Yes. I think even if you have a Negroni and you have only like one ice cube, that totally kills it. That's not nice. You really have a glass full of ice and to put the Negroni in there to really have this beautiful taste and this ice cold drink. Also with the gin tonic, I always freak out in bars when you get like this highball glasses with two ice cubes in there and your gin tonic is like, (laughs) come on, don't you have enough ice? That doesn't cost anything. Give me more ice. Uh, That's really funny because here they put too much ice in, twice as much ice as you could possibly need here. Oh, okay. That's like totally they, opposite here. <laughs> yeah. North America, I guess it's known for, we've always put 
massive amounts of ice in our drinks, right? Versus Europe, mm. not so much. I like to use the big ball of ice. Oh, yes, they're beautiful. <laughs> I at least broke two or three glasses now because if you drink and the balls fall back into the copa, it like hits the glass. <laughs> oh, gosh, I have not had that experience. <laughs> Careful, watch out. <laughs> I never even thought of that. Yeah. <laughs> they're well, beautiful I, and pretty, yeah. but yeah. <laughs> yes. Okay. And for garnish, do you use fresh orange, dried orange, peel? What are you using? I love to use peel and to like twist it. So you get yeah. the aromatics of the peel, obviously. And sometimes I also try to have like a half a slice in the Negroni and also put it on top. So you have, it looks prettier. It definitely needs this aromatic of the orange because sometimes I have the problem that I don't get, how do you say, organic oranges. So you right. can use the peel and then it's really something missing. Definitely. Oh, I once made the experience that I would definitely say, don't do that ever. There are a lot of gins out there that change the color. If you put in the tonic with the chicken. Oh yeah. Don't be doing that. <laughs> I did it once and it looks <laughs> awful. It, yeah. Don't do it. <laughs> yeah. The ones with the pea flower. Yeah, exactly. And they're purple initially. And then as soon as you add tonic, they turn pink. Exactly. Yeah. Don't ever use those in a Negroni. No, it doesn't work. Oh, it's yeah. not worth it. No, you end up with. I don't even know what color it was like. Mud. You don't want to say it. Yeah, it's not pretty. They're not meant for a Negroni, I don't think. Like they don't taste, yeah. right. even if you could get past the weird color. <laughs> it's not a good thing. So no. yeah, any of those gins with the pea flower color changing, avoid a Negroni people. Yes. <laughs> okay. So I know you kind of shared your original story when you first discovered gin, but I'm sure over the years you've had some gin-cident stories too. <laughs> <laughs> well, my absolute favorite story obviously is how my now husband won yeah. me over. Yeah. When I met him, I wasn't too convinced and I invited him over to come over. One of his best friends said, I have to meet that guy. That guy would be perfect for me. I was like, yeah, right. That normally <laughs> works, right? So I said, okay, you know what? I'm actually giving a gin tasting so bring him over because you know I was thinking if he's bad I don't have to take care because I'm actually hosting the gin tasting so <laughs> and yeah so he brought him over he was actually pretty nice and decent and it was okay and he found out at that evening I was talking about Siegfried gin Siegfried gin was just launched in Germany it was brand new and I was telling the people that I don't have that gin yet and collector of gin that was like something very special because normally people ask me what gin do you have what don't you right. have so he kind of picked it up and that was just the first seeing of him we were like writing a few days and like back and forth and I was not really convinced so like <laughs> a day before it. <laughs> yeah like a day before Easter I remember he was sending me a whatsapp that the Easter bunny has left something on my balcony oh. I was like Okay. And I went outside and he was not to be seen. And there was just a bottle of secret gin standing there with happy Easter. <gasps> and afterwards, and that's the romantic story about it. He actually found out because the secret gin was sold out everywhere. Mm. And he found out where the owners of Secret Gin lived. And he drove to them home, ringing their bell, asking for a bottle of gin. And they were like, sorry, we're sold out. And he was like, I met a girl. I have to have that girl. I need a bottle of gin. So they actually went into their cellar and brought up one of their rarest bottles that they had from their private archives and sold it to him and gave it to him. 
So that was super sweet and romantic. And a few Very months later, so. we came together. Obviously, we're mm-hmm. married now. Mm-hmm. A few months later, we were at a convention and they were giving a speech. Mm-hmm. And afterwards, I went to them and just like very shy, asking them, excuse me, I don't know, you don't know me, but you probably know my boyfriend because mm. he was ringing your bell and he was asking for a bottle. And he was like, no way, that's you. Come on, guys. And he was pulling everyone together. You have to see that guy. He actually got a bottle from us and now they're living together. And super cute. Oh. And actually, they sponsored our wedding and we had secret gin at our wedding. <laughs> that's amazing that's a great gin story and we got like a huge three liter bottle of secret gin with our names on it as a wedding gift so that was really very very sweet I'm very attached to secret gin I was going to say wow I would be too yeah. man, and it's a very man, good gin my man needs to step it up <laughs> 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 wow. Well, that's probably the most romantic incident we have heard on this show. <laughs> so I actually am only married because of Jin. <laughs> wow, that's true. Kind of. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, maybe he would have found something else that would have gotten No, no, no. no. <laughs> probably not. <laughs> He definitely won me over. And also by this very polite, just putting it on the balcony and leaving, not being there. That was just so romantic and so sweet. Wow. That's an epic Jensen story. My favorite. Yes. Thank you for sharing that. My absolute pleasure. Yes. Okay. So anything else that you want to share, talk about? You were mentioning that you were cooking with gin. I love the idea about cooking. I didn't do too much yet. So maybe you can also share a little more about that because the only experience I made with cooking and gin was to take salmon Mm. and to put it in gin and to kind of like let it cook in gin, so to speak. What's your best recipe? What can I do? Oh my God. Is there a Negroni recipe for cooking? So I have a cookbook with well over a hundred recipes that all use gin. You can find it on Amazon, by the way. Can I get it in Germany? Yes, absolutely. How is it called? Uh, It's called Ginspired, the ultimate gin cookbook. And there's a hundred food recipes-ish and about 30 cocktail recipes or so. Now, just so you know, the measurements are in imperial. So like cups, Mm -hmm. teaspoons, and stuff Mm -hmm. like that. Okay. But yeah, so I have everything from appetizers to chicken, fish, beef, lamb, pork, lots of desserts, you name it, it's in there. Wow. I will definitely look that up. And just like with anything, you change the gin, you change the flavor of your dish. True. Right. And so there's a bunch of recipes where the alcohol cooks off and it's just left with the botanicals, right? Mm. Because that's what gin at essence is, right? It's botanicals, which are herbs Mm. and spices. And what do you cook with? Herbs and spices. So Mm. it's the most, you know, logical thing to cook with. But then there's some recipes where the alcohol doesn't cook off. Okay. So you just have to, you know, judge your audience of who you're cooking for. But yeah, yeah, it's absolutely available. And yeah, it's basically one of a kind, the way it's written too. And oh, and it's very fun too, because I'm pretty fun. And I like <laughs> but there's like gin puns all through it. And there's history of gin and there's a flavor wheel. Oh, um, good. Yeah, like all sorts of really cool things. And there are yeah. a little bit of my own story, you know. Perfect. I will definitely check it out. Yeah, thanks. Yeah. And if we want to have another conversation 
off podcast, we can totally do that too. Yeah, absolutely. I'd love to. Yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah. Something's coming up in mind. That's very fun as well. One of my stories about gin. I was in Bangkok in Thailand mm. and whenever I am traveling, I try to find a distillery of that country or that city. Yes, because I think me it's too. Really interesting always. Yes. And I found a very little distillery in Bangkok that does the iron balls. Do you know iron balls gin? No. It's amazing. It's a very nice one as well. It's based on pineapple alcohol, um, which is really nice. And it's a very, very good gin as well. And they have a bottle that looks like a half bowl. Like if you take a mm. ball and you would cut it in half. Right. And that's like you have a very, very big diameter that stands on the table. Right. And I was asking the guy why he did that form because of that shape, because it's really very difficult to distribute that shape because obviously yes. you have to have big boxes, but very low boxes. It's crazy. Mm -hmm. It was like, yeah, of course. But just imagine if you have a boat and the boat is like on the waves and going around, all the bottles would just fall over. And this bottle doesn't. It just slips left and right because it has this big diameter on Mm. the floor. I thought that's so clever. It's like an iron ball in half. And yeah, they have iron balls. That's what they say about themselves. Wow. (laughs) That is very clever. Now, how many gin drinkers are on a boat at any given time? I don't know, but you know, it does happen, I'm sure. Yeah, and there's your target group. <laughs> I would say <laughs> go to all the I mean, marinas. <laughs> the idea was so amazing because you have so many people try to make a very special bottle for gin. Right. But that's really outstanding. Although it's really difficult if you have like a shelf and you have that one bottle, it's like, yeah, yeah it, doesn't <laughs> it takes fit. away a lot of space. <laughs> yeah. Well, it would have to have a place of honor, I guess, like in a very special place. Yes. I love collecting unique bottles too. Oh, yes. What's your most unique bottle you have? Well, one we just got, and I don't know if you've ever heard of this one. It's called Engine Gin. Engine. Like, okay. Okay. And it's organic which is amazing to me, but it's in an oil can. Oh, I know that one. The blue and white. Oil yeah. Can. yeah. 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 That's yeah, amazing. Yeah. Yeah, I know that one. And that one's pretty interesting. Then there's another one that is Canadian and it's called seven heaven. And it has these horses just etched in the bottle. Now the bottle is fairly normal kind of bottle, but it's the etching of these horses on the front is just like stunning, but yes. And we're planning on taking a lot of our bottles and figuring out some fancy way to display them. So right now we're just collecting. We haven't figured Mm -hmm. out real proper display yet. It will come (laughs) anyway. And there you have it. Everything you ever wanted to know about Ginny, her gentastic gin journey story and engagement, some super yummy new gins, cocktails, Facebook group, and so, so much more. Thank you so much, Jenny, for being here today and sharing your passion for gin with me. It was my absolute pleasure. Thank you very much for hosting me. Thank you. And thank you for listening. Be sure to leave us a review and check out the show notes for links to Ginny's Facebook group, our Patreon, and the ginshop.ca for all your gin clothing and novelty needs. Until next time, remember, it's always gin o'clock somewhere. <laughs> Thanks for listening to this episode of Ginspired, brought to you by the ginshop.ca. If we've ginspired you, let us know by leaving us a comment and a review. Or drop us a note at heather at the We may even read your email or feature your gin inspirational story in an upcoming episode. 
And remember to follow us on social media. Until next time, let the party be gin.